0: Welcome to Now I See, a place where people share their eye-opening moments and how it changed the way they see themselves, their world, and their place in it. We hope you'll be encouraged and inspired by the stories you hear, and challenged to see things in a whole new way, too. Sit back and enjoy this show that we've prepared especially with you in mind. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. Here we are, a year and a half into the Now I See podcast. What is that? 80 episodes? That feels like a huge accomplishment, which I guess it is. Of course, it couldn't have happened without a lot of hard work, fabulous guests, a great technical crew, and faithful listeners. So thank you, everybody. This week, instead of our usual interview, I thought it might be fun to look back over some of the significant conversations we've had. There seems to be a recurring theme among our recent guests, and it's their willingness to keep moving forward no matter what. J.J. Orzik, who lost both of his arms in an electrical fire, was able to move forward without a trace of anger, bitterness, or resentment when he accepted what happened in the accident, surrounded himself with supportive people, and became curious about all the things he could do. Here's what he had to say.
1: I accepted and was just Grateful that I did wake up. Wow,
0: wow, that's really amazing. Um, you came to acceptance quickly. Did your family? You said there were a lot of people from your church, your your wife, your mom, who uh, came to see you. What what was their response?
1: Um, they, best I remember, they accepted it and they just wanted to help me get through it. They, I believe expected me to have a harder time of accepting it than I actually did. I said, I realized that I was still alive and that I wanted mm-hmm. to be alive. Mm-hmm. So I got up out of bed and I walked when they told me to walk and did what they asked me to do. Uh, it has been challenging learning to do things without that, uh That is something I don't recommend
0: <laughs> no and i've seen you navigate quite a few things i mean you drove yourself to our recording location today i've seen you operate a phone i've received text from you so i know that you are able to do so many things <laughs> so just day-to-day functions um you feed yourself
1: yes i i can eat i can get food out of the refrigerator and put it in the microwave I do require assistance opening certain containers. Oh, I do, too.
0: (laughs) Pickle jars. So, (laughs) yes,
1: screw lids are problematic for me. Uh
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: But uh, I can open open a lot of things and have learned to be humble enough to ask for help.
0: Or anything that still takes getting used to? I imagine everything. Uh, Yes, it's probably easier to list the things that haven't had to be adjusted. There was a lot lot of
1: getting used to. There still is, but whatever you want to do, you figure a way to do it, or you don't do it. And that's what I've come to to realize that if I want to do something, I've got to find a way. If I if I don't. Find a way, then I'm not gonna do it. So
0: well, you still love fast vehicles. You had to modify your truck.
1: I did. I drive a much slower truck. Oh my, good.
0: That makes me feel better. My
1: <laughs> truck is currently a six cylinder where I was a V eight person most of my adult life. Mm-hmm. But uh <laughs> that you are have to ask for help. And you have to ask for help for so many things at this point. That was the hardest part for me to accept.
0: And how does that make you feel when people ask? Do you want people to just look at you like they did before? Or do you appreciate the fact that people see you for who you are now and see how you've overcome so many things to get where you are?
1: Uh, I appreciate the acknowledgement of what happened and that I am still here and still able to function at the level I, I do. I'm not near the level I was, but I am still moving forward.
0: Well, and you're still really new in this journey, I imagine, um, as technology changes and as you try more things. You were telling me you were shoveling. In your backyard, doing landscaping in your backyard, I, I can't even imagine. But when you sh- when you demonstrated it, when you showed me, I thought, okay, I get it. So I imagine that you will be on a journey for a long, long time of discovering the things that you can do. Yes,
3: um, yes. And
0: that's kind of exciting to see, you know, to meet a challenge because I know that you do like challenges. <laughs> Kyle Turner, his life turned upside down when his daughter Megan was diagnosed with a neurological disorder that required 24-7 care. Here's how Kyle was able to move forward from the life-altering diagnosis to joyfully embracing his role as a caregiver and super dad to all of his children and grandkids. (laughs) That you are a noticer, and I think that that also lends well to another uh, character trait that I really admire in you, and that's gratitude. How has gratitude developed in you?
3: Uh, Well, we've spent about 900 nights in ICU with my daughter, Megan. Mm. And I've got an older daughter, Randa, and my son, Kate. And they're fantastic, fantastic kids. But we call Megan the gift. She is totally disabled at this point. She was a cheerleader in middle school. She has epilepsy. And uh, she can no longer walk or talk or feed herself. She can't, uh, she can't, she's less able than a brand new infant. She can't cry when she's thirsty or hungry and, and that kind of thing. Um, we were at a point when, uh, we had, uh, we were demanding certain things from God. We wanted her to be better. We wanted her to be healed. We couldn't understand why all of this was falling down on her. And, uh, we were at a destructive point at that, at that moment. And as I was reading the Bible, uh, I read across and it said, be grateful for all things. And it kind of set me back when I realized the word all probably includes things that I don't necessarily like. <laughs> so I began to practice gratitude, not only for the stuff I like, but for the stuff that uh, that I didn't really like. And it changed my focus. I didn't have to focus on the pain all the time. I could focus on the beauty that was coming from around it, the doctors, the nurses, the the specialists inside the hospital, the equipment, the bed, all these different things. Megan has to have a special formula. that's already pre-digested. All of those things, you start being grateful for all those things and uh, you kind of get your life back.
0: You've also learned to do whatever it takes. And some people just aren't up for that challenge. They can only give so much. But you seem to be able to do whatever it takes. Where do you find the strength or courage to do that? Oh,
3: well, whatever it takes is uh, whatever's next, Good. and you can't really prepare for it. But uh, I've I've had people ask me, "Have you ever thought about quitting?" And I I wouldn't know how to do that. I just there's no mechanism for quitting. I don't. I wouldn't know how to do that. I just. Don't know how. And I would tell them, no, I haven't thought i have never thought about it. It's not an option. But it is an option. It is it an option. Is a lot of people option. have
0: exercised it. It is an option. But you didn't. And
3: uh um, but not for us, not for my kids, you know. Uh so anyway, there's no I'm going to do this. There was never a proclamation mm-hmm. or there was never uh it was never anything like that. It was whatever came up next, we just did it. Mm-hmm. And there is a
0: beautiful simplicity that comes in the rhythm of just doing the next right thing. (laughs) Aaron Key, who has special insight into the neurodiverse community, encouraged us to get curious, not furious, when engaging with people who are different from us. Mutual understanding allows people to move forward together. An arena.
4: Or, an arena with lots of noise and lots of, you know, things. And and if people aren't aware of that mm-hmm. and they see him responding in a way that seems agitated or upset, they may think, what's what's his deal? What's wrong with him? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, like you said, one of the, the gifts is it's given me eyes of compassion for people and to see, wow, everyone is is going through something. And maybe before we just react to behaviors, we need to ask questions. And that's something with my children. I've been on, a, it's an been a journey, but a constant thing is my husband, I tell each other, he's like, remember, behavior is communication. Get curious, not furious. Get good. curious, not furious. And that's we good. try to remind ourselves these things because all behavior is communication. And if we just look past the surface, we'll see the person behind it. And it's usually there's usually an, an unmet need. If it's a problem behavior, if it's a, it's a positive behavior, maybe it's because that need is being met or, you know, it's being accepted and understood. And so, yeah, it's like, if we can offer people is trying to, to see, you know, past that surface.
0: For Dan Alford, moving forward was all about learning to give and receive forgiveness. In her brave book, Victorious The Impossible Path to Peace, she recounted the interviews she had with former gang leaders, warlords, terrorists, and their victims. Through these conversations, she discovered the only way for victimizers and victims to move forward past generations of fear, hurt, mistrust, extortion, abuse, terror, and loss was opening themselves up to the possibility. Of forgiveness, when the criminals came to terms with what they had done and the lives they had shattered, they begged their victims for forgiveness, and in almost every case, it was tearfully and graciously granted. Being able to ask for and receive forgiveness, as well as being willing to meet the offenders and give forgiveness, enabled both parties to move forward, no longer as enemies, and very often as friends asking for, and giving forgiveness takes boldness. And once that's been done, the giver and receiver can move forward in victory. Speaking for herself and her friend, Russell Stendhal, who was held captive by terrorists, here's what Deanne Alford had to say
5: about that. In the course of interviewing, I was working on Victorious and I was exploring. It was for a a different book. It was about a nice, well, it was about Albert. It was going to be about Albert and faith healing. And then the Lord just moved me to instead include Albert in the victorious book. But in the course of this, I met a Muslim background believer who, his name is Samid, and he came to Christ. Uh, he was an imam of a mosque, and he had heard about Jesus through an Assemblies of God university ministry called Chi Alpha. And the Lord started working in his heart. And one day he was, he was in a terrible violence and got beaten. And he was uh, dying in a hospital room. And he said, um, he prayed to Jesus to heal him. He was not expected to live. And he was in his hospital room and uh, in the United States. And Jesus appeared in bright light in his hospital room. And healed him and two months later he gave his life to christ and samid's comment to me was i have noticed that here he's from he's from um, abroad from another country Uh, i have noticed that here uh, i've noticed that here obedience is optional but uh, for him obedience is life (laughs) jesus is worth everything he's Mm -hmm. the pearl of great price what's he calling you to do it will be something you won't be able to do without him. Now, it may not, probably won't be what I've done because I'm. it's what my calling is. But he's got an individual call for everybody. And it's scary to to whomever you are. It's scary, whatever it is. God is always asking his people to take a risk. And that's the common thread, Hebrews 11. You, ju- you do it terrified. You just do it. And you trust him. And you have an intimate, deep, bond with jesus you know him intimately and even if job though he may slay me yet I, me i yet i will trust him you have to trust him with your very life amen amen as we close
0: out the show today would you pray for people that are in the position of making a, a hard decision like mm-hmm. that
5: a hard decision whether or not to obey oh father god Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity to pray. Thank you for this opportunity to walk with you. Lord, you've called each and every one of us to walk in confidence and just believe. Walk in confidence that you do hear us and your hand is upon us and you do have a destiny for each of us. And Lord, you're just calling us to believe. Just believe. You want us to believe your word. You want us to believe your promises. You want us to believe your son. We want You want us to believe that you are able. You who have called us will do it through us. We are your hands and feet. So Lord, I ask that you would empower each and every listener to hear that voice and to trust Jesus with everything they are and everything they have to trust Jesus. Wherever they are in their journey, Lord, take them up to the next level. If they don't know you, Father, just pray a simple prayer, Lord. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to me. And Father, that you will receive the heartfelt cry of each and every one of these listeners. And right where they are, just obey. Mm -hmm. Father, we take you, you're going to take us by the hand and lead us in unimaginable places places of the heart, Lord, places that we can't we can't imagine or think. So, Lord, bless this podcast, and may it serve to build your kingdom and glorify your name, that you be lifted up, Jesus' name. Amen.
0: For Tricia Kinsman, Director of the Hope and Healing Ministries of Irving Bible Church, Moving Forward only came about after her own emotional healing and spiritual transformation. Here's how she tells it. Um, is there anything that you'd like people to see more clearly as a result of our conversation today?
6: Mm. Well, I, be- I truly believe that spiritual transformation and emotional healing go hand in hand. Um, I I don't believe that uh, for those of us who have struggled with things in our background, our, you know, the name calling, the you know, all the things that can happen even within childhood, I, I don't believe that we can move forward in our understanding and relationship with God if we haven't dealt with the emotional baggage that we've carried into that relationship. Um, Even our relationship with our earthly fathers affects how we see our Heavenly Father. And so walking through that process, it may not be one of these groups, but at least dealing with your emotional health um, really does get you to that place of being open and receptive to being that beloved child that God intended for you to be. I love that whole idea of beloved. In fact, I know that's one of your favorite quotes
0: by mm. Brennan Manning. Mm. Define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. Why mm. does that mean so much to you? Mm.
6: Because all of my other identities were just illusion. (laughs) I believe that for myself. I believe that is my big struggle in life, is recognizing my belovedness. It's not everyone's struggle, but it is my personal struggle. And um, just being able to recognize that he loves me, he provided for me, all that he did for me would have been just for me. And that's hard for me with my huge imposter syndrome to believe that that would be true. So I have to remind myself about that every day.
0: (laughs) Amy Liederbrand, facilitator of a divorce care group, encouraged us not to give up, even when the most important relationship we have comes to a tragic end. She talked about how holidays can be especially hard for people who are moving forward alone. Here's what she had to say.
2: Uh, it, our classes are only four months long, from start to finish. I think it's thirteen classes, one of those being um, surviving the holidays, mm. which is coming. So up. important. Mm-hmm. So important. We'll circle yeah. back around to that. Okay.
0: One of the things that I like about the idea about having homework is, as you're reading these questions, you realize they were written because there is a pattern here that people who are going through a divorce have similar circumstances and you are not alone Mm -hmm. you know this is not your burden to bear alone somebody else has walked this path and it just feels validating to say okay so this is normal Um, and then also as we know about anything in life if you're going to be better you're going to have to do the heavy work if you're Mm -hmm. going to improve yourself in anything whether you're looking to build muscles or lose weight or you know Mm -hmm. strengthen your family ties or start a garden you're going to have to put in the work if you want the rewards Mm -hmm. and so so I'm assuming that the people who are coming not only need to be cared for but they're ready to do the work mm-hmm. to learn to care for themselves mm-hmm. um, so I like that so um let's circle back to. Mm-hmm getting through the holidays because you're right we've got some coming up what are some specific things um that people who are going through divorces what are some tips that you might give well, them to survive the holidays of
2: course you're having to think about children um at and custody that's new custody situations that are new and um you know there's triggering memories all over mm-hmm. maybe you mm-hmm. spent i know in my first my first marriage i spent most christmases with my first husband's family because we drive out of town sure. and so it just changes things and and so you have to um not have to it is very helpful to have in mind how it's going to be or think through some what what some of your triggers might be or what what traditions you might need to proactively be ready to transplant good um oh, and it doesn't even have to be that you start a tradition either go on a cruise oh yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, sure. Something completely different. Something completely different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this doesn't even have to be, this is not even, so I I picture that I'm speaking to somebody that may be thinking through this right now. This doesn't even have to be the beginning of the rest of your, your holiday traditions. This is just a holiday in the middle of your divorce. I mean, you know, you can, your new traditions can start next year. Don't put any pressure on yourself at all. There is no, there is no urgency actually accept that you're loved and carried, and that that's the only urgency there is in this life.
0: Even with a good plan in place, moving forward through the holidays can still be a challenge. Memorial days will always be hard for Donna McGrew, whose son died in a military training accident. I asked her... It seems like you've come to peace with that. You know, Sean was so precious to you and his death seems so unnecessary. How did you process the grief and find the courage to go on?
7: You don't have a choice. (laughs) It's not courage, really. It's just walking in the valley of the shadow of death. And you just have to keep walking one step at a time, knowing there are people in front of you that have gone before you and they help you through it. And there are people following you that you need to help through it. The grief will never go away. It's processed by a change. It doesn't doesn't go away. It just gets different.
0: But we know that there are people who never do move beyond the grief. And you now you say it's that you don't have a choice but you do and you chose it. You chose to keep living that some people never do. So thank you. Thank you for um for persevering and for being willing to share his story. What would you say to people who are grieving the loss of a loved one especially on Memorial Day? Just hold on.
7: Hold on. Sometimes I'm sorry. Sometimes the pre-grieving is the hardest.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: I call it pre-grieving because we know Birthdays are coming. Christmas is coming. The anniversary of the death is coming. The anniversary of the burial is coming. All those things are with us all the time and we grieve them ahead of time. And it, it seems like, okay, when the day actually comes, I don't feel as bad as I thought I would because I've grieved ahead of time. Mm, I've good. done the work ahead of time. And I have to remember that God is always there There's a Psalm that says, God gathers up our tears in little vials and keeps them under the altar. And he pours them out on the altar as precious perfume. Why has he got a lot from me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He has buckets, not just little vials, but I want people to know that our tears are precious. Go ahead and cry. Do cry. Tears are a language that God understands. Tears are very precious to him. Tears are precious to those that we have lost because the grief that we show is how much love that we had left to give. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely right.
0: So Memorial Day services have changed for you. Tell me how.
7: Oh, some of them are so very hard. Sean has a memorial here at what they call the Fallen Warriors Memorial, and They read the names of the fallen from all the Gulf Wars, and that tape of the names continually rolls 24-7 out there. Memorial Day, I can't go to his grave. That makes it too real. Mm. I can go to where his brick is at the Fallen Warriors Memorial because it's his name, but it's not his grave. I don't know if that makes any sense. Good, Yes.
0: Sometimes the only way to move forward is to allow yourself to fully grieve, to sit with the pain and the loss, to remember and to find others with whom you can share those memories. That's what Anna Coleman said in an episode we recorded just a few short months after her brother's passing. Anna cried, journaled, wrote a song of remembrance and stayed close to people who loved her and could walk with her in the grief until she could figure out her next right steps.
8: This is what she said. I didn't see him that morning, but my dad and my sister saw him before he left.
0: That will change a life forever. How has it changed your life?
8: It completely, completely flipped our lives around and I had never seen I'd never seen my family like that before and I had never felt that way before it was like um the sky was pushing me down and I felt so weighed down and I couldn't stop shaking and so that was just the shock of grief but since then um my family has just been trying to kind of survive through it. It's um, kind of constantly on our hearts and in our minds, and we're just we're trying to get by. And this missions program that I was accepted for, um, I wasn't sure what to do after everything that had happened. I wasn't sure if I should still do it or not, and... A lot of people told me it might not be good to do it now with everything that's happened. A lot of my family also thought that way. But I just, I really felt like if I didn't do it this year, it just might not be, it just might not happen. And so I wanted to still do it. And I'm i am glad for this missions program as it's, it's like a way God has given me to still move forward, I think. Um, and it's been really hard to think of leaving my family in this hard time. And to think of how it will be for me to be away from my family. But I do think, I think it's where God wants me. Finally, Bonnie
0: Kelly is a woman who, with energy and passion, has made it her life's ambition to propel people forward. Although Bonnie is in her 80s, most people would be hard-pressed to keep up with her. The secret to her forward momentum is surprisingly simple. It's finding your purpose. Here's what Bonnie had to say about that.
9: God has a purpose for Me being on this earth and you being on this earth. He will guide you to that purpose as you seek him. Read his word daily. I found by reading his word, I would realize what purpose I had. I would seek his purpose and direction daily. Avoiding getting caught up to drive the will to be liked. Not everyone's going to like you. I discovered not everybody's going to like me. Some people (laughs) say I'm a little pushy. But not everybody's going to like me. But when I live out God's purpose and seek the approval of others. If I live out God's uh, approval and not seek that of others, then I will have purpose. Psalms one thirty-eight eight says, The Lord will fulfill its purpose through for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Isn't that great? God has a work for our hands. He has no hands but our hands. Mm-hmm. I love the story of how in Italy, during the Second World War when it was bombed, There was a statue in the center of the town, and the hands of the statue, which was Christ, were blown off. And after the war, the people began to rebuild the town, and they said, Oh, they said, What will we do with that statue? Tear it down? And somebody came up with the idea of, No, let's put a sign on the fountain that says, God has no hands but our hands. And even today, God has no hands for our hands but our hands. God has a purpose for you. We must continue to seek it. So I've always had a place in my heart for people that were kind of overlooked. And I like to treat people as if every person I meet has a sign around their neck, make me feel important. Mm -hmm. No one wants to be wallpaper. Mm -hmm. They want to be seen. They want you to know who they are. Uh, And they may not act like they do, but everybody wants that personal identity. And they all need to know they're a child of God, and he has a purpose for them and a plan for them. If they will draw nigh to them, he will draw nigh to him. If if they will draw nigh to God, that God will draw nigh to them. That's a scripture I just love.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode about moving forward. Know that this episode goes out with love and prayers for people who are feeling stuck who are in a time of transition and not sure which way is forward who are finding forward momentum a bit of a challenge these days or those who are making good progress and are in a position to help others take their next right steps lord have mercy meet us right where we are and let us feel your presence in this time and space grant us curiosity and gratitude wisdom and insight courage and comfort vision And strength. Send us people who will walk with us and help us to be your hands and feet to those who need someone to walk with them too. Let us throw off everything that hinders us and sin that entangles us and let us move forward with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured. Help us to be like him so that we will not grow weary and lose heart. In the coming weeks, Helen Funderburk will tell us how she's moving on from addiction through Celebrate Recovery. And Karen Robertson will tell how a good sense of humor can help us shift perspective and lighten the load as we press on. As always, if you haven't already done so, please like, subscribe, rate, and review our show, and share it with people you think would enjoy the Now I See podcast and the conversations with our forward-thinking guests. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise, and to Becky Salazar for our bumper music. See you next week.